GM, GM, welcome friends back to another episode of the Web3 Academy podcast. It is the weekly news roll up. And today you might, if you're watching on YouTube, you might see a different face here with me doing the roll up. It's usually my co-host Jay Hamilton, but he is on vacation, I think somewhere in the Netherlands right now. I actually don't know where he is, uh, but we have another beautiful face here with us. And it is our boy, Jeff Kaufman Jr. He is actually a previous guest on the show many, many months ago. I don't even know how long it was now. Uh, but Jeff is a big brain in Web3, and I'm super excited to have him on here to discuss some of the news. But it's going to be a bit of a different episode because we're going to discuss some of the highlights and the big news. But we're going to actually dive into a lot of uh, what's going on over at Jump uh, and, and the community that they're building. Uh, they've just launched some NFTs. Um, to their community, and they're just doing some really, really cool stuff. And so I want to talk about how to build community and how to do it the right way. And I think Jump is just like the best example in this space. So we're going to dive into that near the end. Before we do, though, we are going to talk about, you know, some really cool stuff going on. Eminem and Snoop Dogg are showing off their board at Yacht Club in the metaverse and on MTV. That's crazy. Uh, more stuff with Facebook and Instagram launching NFTs. Um, we are going to talk about Walking Dead launching a blockchain game. That's really cool. Um, so lots of stuff. But first, Jeff, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Super pumped to be here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always love talking about the news. There's always so much to talk about. There's stuff on here that I that that I feel like I'm keeping up with the news pretty well, but there's already some some highlights that we're going to cover that you brought up that I wasn't aware about. Um, so yeah, man, the keeping up with crypto is tough. These roll-ups are always fun um, and a lot to unpack. So I'm pumped to be here. Absolutely. Jeff, give me a quick background of, of yourself, uh, just for the listeners in case any of them didn't see the episode uh, way before, which by the way, go back and listen to that. It's a sick ass episode. Uh, but Jeff, tell us about Parachute. Tell us about Jump. Um, what's going on in that world? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, I would say the, the highlights are I spent 15 years in the marketing and advertising world, uh, big agency world, working with brands like Chick-fil-A, Home Depot, Dr. Pepper, GameStop, ran GameStop Social for like eight years. Um, so that's my background, um, you know, got my career started on MySpace in 2005, building community <laughs> and social and all that good Classic. stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, made the switch to, to Web3, just, you know, trying to stay on the cusp of innovation and honestly, just trying to have fun, you know, pushing the boundaries of, of what's possible and trying stuff that nobody's ever tried, just keeps things fun and interesting every single day. Um, and so in order to do that, uh, launched Parachute and Jump, um, Web3 is so different um, and so hard for legacy institutions to truly wrap their head around. I felt like it was time for me to truly spread my wings, jump out of corporate America, leave a very good gig behind, and just <laughs> try to try try to do something sort of uh, entrepreneurial. And that's where parachute came from. So jumping out of a very cushy airplane, um, I needed a parachute. So I called my, my new venture parachute and I didn't know what it was going to do, but it was my parachute. And so, you know, that also ties into the fact that I've made 1800 skydives, uh, as like a hobby. Um, so big time skydiver jumping out of corporate America, 
called my operation parachute. And that kind of like blended into this concept of what I wanted to do, which was, and is sort of the, the tagline for, for parachute now, which is build high performance parachutes for the next generation of online communities, mm. um, which you could probably pull out online and just say communities, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, and jump was the first project for that, um, which is building community for essentially the professional world that I came from, which is the enterprise marketing and advertising world, bunch of early adopters, bunch of forward thinking people, bunch of people that want to experiment and play and talk about all this new stuff. I couldn't think of a better community to build for and learn with and add value to than this network of, uh, of people that I've spent really the last 15 years uh, living and breathing, building brands, using, you know, cutting edge digital stuff. And shout out to the, uh, to the jump community. Uh, hopefully many of you are listening today. Uh, we've got some of your news that we're sharing in here, uh, but you guys do an awesome job. You guys have probably the best discord I think I've seen in, in web three. Um, so kudos uh, Jeff to you, but kudos to the whole, the whole jump squad. I'm actually in the Safari Dow growth um, I don't know, cohort right now. And there's a bunch of jumpers in there and they were all celebrating yeah. yesterday too. And I was like, jumpers are everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll dive a lot more into jump, uh, but we're gonna do that more near the end of the show. We gotta make sure that we cover the news because we gotta make sure that everyone is up to date. Cause like you said, there's just so much happening. Um, it's kind of insane. And so we gotta keep you up to date. And that's the whole yep. point in this episode here. Um, I guess one other thing you forgot, well, I don't think you forgot, you probably just didn't mean to mention it, but Jeff also, uh, launched a very highly successful denim store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just tell me about before this podcast. Uh, so he's a he's a serial entrepreneur at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Co co well, we will just say COVID wrecked the denim store. It was it, it actually was yes, it was Texas's number one denim store. It was awesome. <laughs> if you Google Deep Ellum Denim, you'll find articles about how a couple ad agency guys launched a denim store. But COVID wrecked it. And I will say that, um, you know, that transition of, I, let me just say, running a physical real world business, dealing with lease agreements, inventory, like that stuff is uh, a different beast than like just bits and code and operating digitally. I, I'll say I like the digital business models much more than the physical, but, <laughs> but the physical business model was a party. Let's just say that the denim store <laughs> was a good party. Drank way too much. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was a good thing then. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, you can see up on the screen here for those that are watching, we're about to talk about the metaverse. So a whole different type of business. Before we do that though, Jeff, we always start our roll up with a little bit of gratitude. So why don't you tell me and the listeners, what are you grateful for today? So one sort of category, but there's three components to it. Um, so first, uh, tomorrow I'm headed to Montana for my brother's bachelor party. Um, super pumped for his wedding in a month. So I'm just excited to be able to go to Montana with my dad, my brother, a couple of good friends for the whole weekend. Um, also grateful for my new computer, which I'm on today. This is a, like getting a new machine is just like unbelievable. And one of the guys going on the bachelor party uh, runs, uh, one of the Apple stores here in Dallas. And he hooked me up uh, with a killer discount. So super, super grateful for all of that. 
And then obviously we did a reshuffle. We were going to record tomorrow. I goofed, saw that, oh man, I'm going to be at the airport flying, all that stuff. And so you rescheduled. So this whole, there's a lot going on around bachelor party <laughs> weekend, and I'm just grateful for, for all of it. Love it. I love it. Uh, my gratitude for today is you, Jeff. Uh, I'm super grateful that you're here and that uh, the show goes on. We get to do another show. I was like, do I do it by myself? Because I didn't want to take Jay out of vacation. He's got a, he's taking the week right off. No going in Slack, no going on Twitter, no going in Discord. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? Jeff's the guy. Jeff's yeah. the guy I got to get on here. And you were like, hells yeah. Sounds fun. Honestly, and, uh, immediately. Anytime you need a sub for this show, you just hit me up. Amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, the first piece of news for the day, uh, which I don't know when this happened. I think it was Sunday. The yep. partnership between Yuga Labs and MTV, um, Snoop Dogg and Eminem did a performance on MTV and they used their board apes uh, to perform, I guess, the VMAs, the Video Music Awards. Uh, and they did it inside of the other side um, uh, metaverse. So I don't know if anyone saw it, but I have it up on the screen and you can see like there's like a, they did a whole song is four minutes long and it was literally them. They smoked some weed, some big ass joint on a couch. And all of a sudden they like entered the other side metaverse and they were singing from their like board apes. And it, I mean, the graphics and stuff look pretty legit. It looks kind of cool. Um, what are your thoughts here, Jeff? Yeah. So whenever I see stuff like this, my head always goes to like some of the behind the scenes that pulled this together so you've got other side metaverse you've got snoop you've got mtv and i kind of start to think about like okay the yuga empire that's growing has clearly established a mega relationship with snoop they've got some sort of deal that they've worked out and then you've got mtv and I'm sure Snoop really helps that sort of connection into the to the ecosystem. Obviously, Eminem is inside of Snoop's sort of universe that he's created over the past couple of decades. Um, and so, yeah, it's like when you think about other side metaverse, like well, this is the best marketing and advertising you could ever get. Like as, as far as just building the other side brand, like come on, you've got the other side brand. Nobody's ever heard of it. It's now being associated, right? It's pulling off of Snoop's brand. It's pulling off MTV's brand. They're clearly targeting a younger generation, which is always smart when you're looking at, at new technology and whatnot. So I'm just fascinated by like watching new brands come to life, especially this quickly. And what this is doing for sort of like building the other side brand, uh, as well as continuing to build the board ape brand. But I think that's like a, an interesting distinction is you've got the Yuga brand, you've got the board ape brand, but then you also have the other side brand, which is mm. just now starting to come to life. And to me, this was like one of those big moments where like other side was put front and center and, and, and is starting to, you know, get the main stage. And we need these big centralized companies to go and make these partnerships with people like Snoop Dogg and MTV and all this kind of stuff. Like this is what helps NFTs and whatever else these guys are up to go mainstream, right? Yeah. Um, this is where you get this stuff in front of, I don't know how many people watch the VMAs, but I would assume 
tens of millions, maybe more. I don't, I don't know. Um, so I think that's huge. Why do you think Snoop Dogg's doing this? I'm just curious. Where do you, do you think like Yuga Labs is paying him or like, where do you think, like, what's his incentive? I know he owns a board Ape Yacht Club, but like, I don't think that's his incentive is he's trying to drive the value of his, his NFT. Oh, he, he's either got some sort of equity stake. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the way a lot of, um, startup rounds or, or like funding rounds are, are pulled together. There's something called a celebrity round. If you, if like that rings a bell. And so like, it wouldn't be surprising to me if Snoop somehow, you know, got the invitation to be in the celebrity round of that mm -hmm. latest uh, Yuga, that massive Yuga raise, right? So now Snoop has some skin in the game, but that doesn't mean that Snoop works for free, right? You still have to license his brand and whatnot, but when you have that sort of double-edged or that double-sided alignment or multi-pronged alignment where you've got equity and you've got sort of the licensing contract, you're really going to bring them a lot more to the table. My guess is Snoop's doing something like that. It's very common for, you know, basically the whole celebrity, whether it's musicians, rappers, athletes, um, just the whole landscape of like celebrity, they've started to realize like, no, we don't want to just be, we don't, we don't want the endorsement deal. Like we want skin in the game. We want yeah, equity. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some equity in Yuga and then he's probably got some sort of licensing spokesperson endorsement contract. Um, and he's just going to work. And then, you know, just as far as Snoop goes, he's been uh, on the cusp of innovation, uh, both culturally and technologically. And when you can combine, you know, being on the forefront culturally and techno technologically, you're all, you're just going to take your, take yourself to the, to the next level. And Snoop has always done that. So he's just a right. brilliant artist, uh, cultural type of person, but also business person and entrepreneur. Unbelievable business person. And actually he's also launched his own NFT collection. I believe it's a, it's a collection of avatars. I'm not sure yep. in what, I think it's in, yeah. in crypto voxels or Sam. Sam I want to say or? it was sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sandbox. So, I mean, he's obviously incentivized to continue to grow and, and brand the NFT space anyway. Um, and so I think he's got, he's coming at it from all angles, right? Totally. Um, that's a great, is, that's what you do. That's a great point from just a strategy perspective, attach yourself to something that's like really legit, right? And you, so he's attaching himself to Yuga and other side and Bored Ape. So then he gets that brand halo effect, who use marketing terms. Um, he gets that affinity effect now on his brand. And then right. that gives him the credibility to come over here and launch his own businesses and projects on his own. And I think the big thing to understand too is like, okay, maybe you didn't get in on the Board Ape Yacht Club, you don't own one and okay, that sucks. But it's like, we actually should all be rooting for Board Ape Yacht Club to do well, because if they do well, that puts NFTs on the map. It's kind of like when yeah. the internet first launched, we needed the first, you know, we needed Amazon or whatever the first one was that really took off. We needed that because that brought the users to the internet. It gave them a reason to actually use it. Um, and so same with Web3, right? We need people to get wallets. And if, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club is going to keep launching tokens and do all these things, and that's going to get users to actually get familiar with NFTs and get wallets, like... 
that's great for the space. So we yep. should be rooting them on and, and hoping they, they just keep keeping on. Speaking of that, um, this is probably one of the biggest things that can happen in Web3 right now. Yeah, so uh, we've big. talked about this a few times, and this is Meta, uh, Meta or Facebook and Instagram, which is allowing, um, allowing you to post digital collectibles is what they're calling it. Uh, it's actually NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, but you can just post them to your social feed now. It's not to everyone, but they've opened it up to 100, 100 countries but it's just select people at the moment. It just depends. I think they're doing like tests. So like if you happen to be part of the subset, you get it. Um, if you're not, you just, you don't see it yet. I'm not, so I don't see it. But thankfully the founder of Wallet Connect, he does. So he actually shared some pictures, which I have up on the screen. Basically you just click settings and underneath like where it says your activity, your QR code, all that stuff. There's a spot that just says digital collectibles and you can click on it. And you can connect your wallet. You can connect Coinbase Wallet, Dapper, MetaMask, Rainbow, Trust Wallet. Um, and boom, it connects right in. And what the founder of Wallet Connect said was, this is the largest app to date supporting Wallet Connect protocol. And this would be true of all uh, of the other wallets I just listed. I don't think you're going to get any other app that's bigger than these. Um, but this is a big deal. Uh, when it fully gets out to everyone, it'll be super cool. Um, I wish I could see it. What are your, your take on this? You actually had a lot to say on this weeks ago or months ago, maybe even when they first announced. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on Instagram bringing these NFTs now. I was I was just, I don't have a personal Instagram account, but I was just logging into the Deep Ellum denim, <laughs> former former best denim shop. Now just a, an Instagram of that maybe me and my buddy will post our latest sort of denim buys on. Uh, do not have access to it yet. Um, so I'm going to stay on the lookout for that, but we cannot underestimate how massive this is. I think it's both good and bad, um, uh, okay. but like it's necessary. We're not going to get around it. We can't stop Meta and Facebook and Instagram from being a business and looking at this space and building around it. Um, and they're about to take uh, basically web three to every person with an internet connection. So not everybody around the world, but everybody with an internet connection, which I think is, or, or at least like 70% of people within it, with a, with an internet connection. When you combine Facebook, meta, WhatsApp, it's like two it's or like three, three billion. billion. Yeah. I think yeah, it's three, three billion. billion. I think there's 4 billion internet users. Um, and just like tangent a little bit, like, in a few years, you'll have Elon Musk, Starlink and beaming internet to like literally everybody. So like in the next 10 years, you know, 3 billion more people are going to come online. Like, whoa, like, wait, the economy is going to double in size, at least a number of people. And then these apps are going to make their way to them. And they'll be like literally their first experience with the internet. Think about this. Mm. first experience with the internet has crypto in it and has wallets like we have to like we always kind of have to remember that us as humans like the older you get the less you want to like experiment with new things and then also when you just form habits the less you want to the less you're open to new things so you've got like basically by the time the rest of the world, another 3 billion people get internet, they're going to get a crypto version, a mobile version of the mm. internet. 
and like they're going to be totally open to it and they're just going to use it and right. you know when we talk about like massive change over time um you know the the emerging markets uh actually adopted mobile much faster than the US because we were so like our primary device was our computers versus in emerging markets their primary primary devices were their mobile phones and so they went full on mobile much faster and actually have a much more complex and sophisticated uh, use of mobile. And so we might see that with these emerging markets, mm. especially because of the financial needs that they have and the banking needs that they have. And so when Facebook, I see this move, I start to kind of connect it to all of that and think about That's how, interesting. how massive it is. They're and, like, yo, why is it called Web3? This is Web1 for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, wait, I'm interacting with Web3? No, this is, yeah, this is the first version of the internet. Um, and so then you sort of start to look at like, just where does this go? Because when we talk about like, okay, cool, Facebook, Instagram, they're doing digital collectibles, NFTs, they're basically normalizing this, um, you know, their brand being associated with digital collectibles and just this buying pictures and wallets, just the idea of like Instagram showing you like a wallet. Instagram's a very trusted brand. And those that still use Facebook trust Facebook, right? People that don't use those platforms have a negative opinion, obviously. But when you start to introduce these native Web3 features and it, it like things always need to come through that friend, right? Or that trusted source. Sometimes that's a friend. A lot of the times it's a business, right? Yeah, true. And so the fact that Wallet Connect, there's so many people, you you probably talk to these people, everybody who's listening to this has friends. You know, everybody who's listening to this is like cutting edge, <laughs> right? They're like on the forefront. But all of our friends, you go ask them about NFTs and crypto, and it's just like, oh, scary, 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 still scary. Um, but now you have these trusted brands like Instagram and Facebook, at least to the people that use them, starting to show you, hey, here's a wallet. Here's a digital collectible. Buy this. Unlock this. Gain access to this. That tr that. Uh, what that's going to do for crypto and Web3 at large is just insane. Yeah, completely agree. Now, I know you also have, there's some bad to it. And this is in terms of just, you know, they can rug pull you at any time. They control the data, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I don't want to get too far into that just for the sake of time. So we actually have the contrast to this. Um, Stani, who's the founder of, um, of Aave and also Lens Protocol, he just po uh, posted out and said, you know, the stack of building composable decentralized social. So if we want to, I don't want to say fight against Facebook and Instagram, but maybe we do. And we want to build our own. It's in the works. It's somewhat yeah. possible. I wouldn't say that we are anywhere close to actually being able to compete at the level of Facebook and Instagram, but we have Lens Protocol for publishing and connections, right? This is sort of your like foundational layer. 
um, where you have your profile, which is in the form of an NFT, all your posts are in the form of NFT, and it can have apps built on top of that. So you can have your Instagram, your YouTube, your Twitter, and everything built on top of Lens Protocol. You have Graph Protocol for indexing data. You have Sapana for your search. I guess that's like your Google. You have JPEG for curation, Lit Protocol for token-gated content. So now there's actually new features that Instagram and those don't even have. Uh, and then the big problem with Web3 right now, which is we don't really have a way to communicate. Um, well, XMTP, I guess, is one of them, uh, but mm -hmm. that's for direct messages as well. So we're starting to build the applications that are needed to have our own social platform that isn't owned by Mark Zuckerberg anymore. Um, and what's cool is they can be a bunch of different companies, all building different components of it, and they all are composable and decentralized and work together. Um, and so that, to me, is really, really cool. Do you think that this ends up taking over Facebook and Instagram in that one day? Or do you think there's just no chance? I'm curious. Absolutely 100% will not take over Instagram okay. and Facebook. Um, will this be successful? 100%. This will all, we're going to live in a parallel world. One of the things that this whole notion of Web 2 to Web 3 is like it's an upgrade, but it's not the same as as like oh we're gonna like totally deprecate Web two anytime soon, right? right? Yeah. Um, and you can just go out go throughout history where like it takes decades for the new thing to totally replace the old thing, and then also like, and that's just on like like a fundamental like product level. But on a brand level, brands can start to transition over time into new spaces. So like you take a look at New York Times, old print publishing, mm. you know, social media came around, digital came around. Yeah, newspaper is dead, but they've very much made the transition. And the New York Times is thriving. Their business oh, yeah. is really good. They're kind of setting a gold standard. And then you see Time Magazine really adopting Web3. Um, and so, yeah, I think that and also... I think we need some centralized services. I'm not sort of like a, a decentralized maxi. I think like you have to have cent certain centralized ser services. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of like boil it down to like, I want to live in a city that's like, has sort of this like, this decentralized ethos um, or a country that kind of has that where you have these rules, but you have autonomy and all of that. But I don't want my house to be decentralized. Like I want my <laughs> house to be highly centralized. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, and I want certain aspects that of like community that I'm in, like these smaller pockets, I want them to be. Um, and then really what I want is choice. And I think having choice is good. And I think that the highly centralized platforms of the world will do certain things that, and can accomplish certain things that the centralized side of the world can yeah. never accomplish or that the decentralized can never. So I think what we'll start to see is we'll start to see like, okay, if you're going down the decentralized path, then you're able to solve certain kinds of problems better than the centralized version. And then if you if you choose a centralized strategy, then you're going to be able to solve certain types of problems better. Um, and really, like, I look at centralized versus decentralized as strategy paths and like, okay, based off of what we're trying to achieve, which strategy do we want to deploy? And then go with that route. 
like one of the biggest reasons for decentralization is sort of not being able to have just authority come in and like crack down on you. Well, limit risk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not really worried about that, like maybe you don't need that feature in your, in your strategy. So I'm super excited about what uh, this post uh, has shared. Um, It's going to open up a whole new world of possibility and interaction and engagement. I can tell you, 90% 90% of my time is going to be spent in this world. Um, but like the, the meta is going to be Facebook, Twitter, all of that is going to be super successful in, in their own right. The reason I think that this stuff, the, the decentralized versions and the composable stuff is going to be successful is because the people who are creating the content, they, they are the ones that want to earn money and you can't, I mean, you can do it on Facebook and stuff, but the face, Facebook has like 100% take rate. You have to then create products and things to monetize, whereas your content can be monetized on things like Lens Protocol. And so the content creators are going to go here because they're treated best here. And when the good content creators go here, well, the people who don't create content, but they view good content, they're going to go follow them over there because they want to see what their favorite content creator is, is creating, right? So I just think the incentives are aligned over here on this side. Um, and what that does to Instagram, I don't know. They'll adapt, I'm sure, and they'll figure it out. Uh, maybe one day Instagram deploys on top of Lens Protocol. That would be like day that happens. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bow to Stani for sure if that yeah. ever happens. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I'm super pumped for this. Absolutely. Okay, kingship. So this is a uh, something going on here in the world of NFTs. Uh, Board of Yacht Clubs again, of course, they're everywhere. Um, this is M and M's. You know those tasty little chocolates that we all love. Um, they have launched, I don't even know what they've launched. What is Kingship? Why don't you tell me what this is, Jeff, if you even know? (laughs) Yeah. So what's fascinating to me about headlines like this is, again, it kind of goes back to the trusted brands that people know the, in the reach of these brands. So before we get into sort of like Bored Ape and M&Ms and Kingship, like, let's just first talk about the reach that M&Ms have. You can basically walk into any grocery store and any convenience store or any checkout aisle and you're going to have M&M's. So the brand reach of M&M's is just huge, right? They're not all over the internet per se, but you can't get away from them across these convenience stores and grocery stores and checkout aisles and all of that stuff. And so now I don't think that this partnership where they're slapping you know, it, this is very simple. License some board apes, put them on packaging, not kind of rocket science. That's not like the super interesting thing. You know, strategy wise, why is M&M's trying to do this? Brands that are like, you know, it's like any type of beverage or candy or anything like that. Like, You've got to stay relevant. You've got to stay fresh. And so that's why they're doing stuff like this. How do you associate M&Ms with the most relevant thing? Therefore, M&Ms is relevant and fresh, right? And they know there's people talking about Board Ape Yacht Clubs right now. And like right now, we are, I have an M&Ms website up on my screen. Right. When in the world would I ever be doing that broadcasting M&Ms? I would never. (laughs) Exactly. Because they have Board Ape Yacht Club, right? And if you, (laughs) as a marketer, like, and as a brand, some of the hardest people to reach are people who are on the cutting edge, right? Mm. We don't, we don't consume traditional media at the rate that like 
you know, 50, 60 year old aunt and uncle do. Right. Yeah. So we're, mom and dad. yeah, exactly. We're in these weird places. Like we're listening to these niche podcasts and we're hanging out in discord. How do you reach us? How do you talk to us as a brand? You can't like, this is the type of, of strategy though. That's like, Oh, wow. Every, this is earned media. Everybody watching this, you and I like, boom, M&Ms. Next time I see M&Ms, I'm going to be a little happier about their <laughs> brand because I'm buyback. Yeah. I'm like, M&Ms, you get me. You're paying attention to what I care about. And you know what? Give me some M&Ms, peanut M&Ms <laughs> for sure. And yeah. especially peanut M&Ms when I'm at the movie, uh, because they go really well with popcorn, which goes really well with the Dr. Pepper. So we'll just leave that there. Um, Are you shilling your old clients? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when you kind of unpack stuff like this, it's like, this is massive. Like this brand is trying to be relevant. They're trying to reach people that they can't reach through traditional means, i.e. they're doing that here. But then as if they want to scale this and reach hundreds of millions of people, they actually have the platform and the distribution mm -hmm. to do this. So this is just like the early stages. And then don't forget who is M&M's owned by pop quiz, who owns M&M's? That's a great question. I have no idea. Kellogg's is my guess. Nestle. You're going to, you're going to go, oh, Mars. Really? Mars. But who's Mars, Mars owned by? Mars Inc. Okay. So Mar Mars kind of is obviously a, a, a candy itself, but Mars Inc. is also a big, massive, like holding company of all of these brands, mm, right? Gotcha. And so you just kind of connect those dots and you go, oh, M&M's is part of this huge empire of, of candy brands, similar to, you know, Kellogg, the types of empires that, you know, Kellogg, actually, I think Kellogg is owned by P&G or Procter & Gamble. I remember. Whatever. It's a big conglomerate. The whole food industry is a big, massive conglomerate. It's exactly. Mess. And so what we're seeing here, though, is M&M's is not M&M's as a standalone brand. M&M's is part of a massive, massive machine that yeah. reaches a billion people in a different way than media does. So this is big. Good call. Myers right there on the uh, on the footer. Well done. <laughs> cool. Good on you, m and And we like may... It. We may or may not have the people who launched that in Jump's Discord. Oh, there you go. A little alpha for you. Jump Discord has anybody who's anybody is in there. Um, so if you ever get a chance to get in there, get in because it's it's legit. Um, the Walking Dead. I actually never watched The Walking Dead. Did you ever watch it? I was super into the first couple of seasons. And then I don't know why I fell off. I, I fell off. But there was... There was a few seasons I was pretty glued in. Yeah. Okay. So The Walking Dead, I mean, it's pretty big. It's pretty popular. I know a lot of people that are watching it uh, or were watching it anyway. And they have launched a blockchain game uh, on, uh, is it on top of Gala Games or Gala Games is the one who kind of helped them launch it. Um, yeah. What do you know about this game? Looks like there's some guns here, which I'm assuming are NFTs. If I click on them, um, I don't know for sure, but that's just my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Again, it, this kind of goes back. I, I thought this was an interesting rollout because when you looked at, um, and we're, we're not showing it here, but just to describe it, when you look at the Walking Dead tweet about this, 
nothing is mentioned about NFTs, nothing is mentioned mm. about digital collectibles or blockchain or crypto or anything of that nature. It was just like, we've launched a cool game, go check it out. Right. Um, and then when you go to uh, like Gala, it actually might be interesting to go to like uh, Gala's like homepage and there um, scroll down to the bottom and we can take a look at their about section. Yeah. About us down there. And then like, even when you, if you look at Gala's homepage, you don't see a lot about crypto or blockchain or NFTs. You kind of have to dig into their about page and then you start to see like, oh, this is very much a blockchain and crypto based mm -hmm. company, uh, obviously in the gaming category. And so to see them partnering and starting to roll this out is big. Not so, it, I mean, this is, uh, th th this is just, this is not surprising. It, I mean, it is surprising, but it's also not surprising. Um, it's surprising <laughs> from, from the standpoint of, um, you know, we're seeing some of the first applications and a different way to talk about gaming and blurring the lines between TV, games, and crypto, right? Like right. We're headed towards this future where we're like the entertainment brand. Like if you want to build an entertainment brand, you've got to build, build basically like appointment viewing uh, experiences, like movies and hour long episodic content, right? That's not going anywhere. At a certain point in the day, I want to sit down with my fiance and I don't want to work. I don't want to think. I just want to sit there for an hour and be entertained. Like that experience isn't going anywhere, but you're going to have to extend that into these other applications like video games, these augmented reality experiences. And it's all about immersion and being able to take people deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And some people will play at all levels some people will only play at, at sort of these certain, uh, uh, like at the appointment viewing or the game or like the AR VR immersion, right? It, it's all, it, it, you have to have this all encompassing sort of immersion strategy to build a true sort of um, entertainment brand like The Walking Dead. And so the, the sentence here I've highlighted, they start off there about us is we believe the blockchain should be invisible in our games. And I absolutely love that because this is where it's all going, right? We talk about the DeFi mode all the time yep. in, the, in the financial space where FinTech will be the front and then it'll be the, you know, the Uniswaps and the Aves and stuff in the back. We won't actually like interact with these protocols like we do today. This is going to be, I mean, you see it with Instagram, Facebook, right? They're calling it digital collectibles. Yes, you got to connect a wallet, but that's about it. Otherwise, you stay in the Instagram app, yet you're interacting and using NFTs, but it's all inside that app. And I think all blockchain, like the, the battles that everyone has today in this space of like which blockchain is the best and which token and this and that, it's like none of that's going to matter in a few years from now. It's all going to be hidden. We're all just going to use normal games, normal movies, music, et cetera. And all this stuff is just going to be underneath of it all. And it's going to be powering it and powering the ownership capabilities of it, yep. which is amazing. But we're not going to be interacting with like protocols in the blockchain like we are today. There's just absolutely no way. Um, no, but yeah. Then, and when you think about like who, which of these protocols and games and all this are going to win, they're going to get, they're going to understand two things. They're going to understand that to the masses, 
they need to like really tone down what they're talking about in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, all of this lingo and you make something hard for the masses to understand, they're going to like be scared and and move on, right? People don't like to be wrong and they don't like to be scared. And so they're just going to move on. So you've got to be able to execute and talk to people, the masses like that. But then on the other side, you've got to be able to basically talk to your influencers, which are your early adopters, the 0.2% of people. This applies to every market and every product in every category of adoption curves and influence. And there's the mm. 2% that influences the rest right? The early majority, the mass market, like there's that classic bell curve of adoption. And so these, these brands like Gala Games, they're going to have a completely different strategy, but it's going to be way toned down, way more covert where they're influencing the influencers, right? While also <laughs> having this mass market strategy. 100%. I just wrote an article on how to explain Web3 to your mom. And it literally started off, if you're saying the words decentralization or node or yeah. blockchain or any of this stuff, then they're they're already lost, right? Yep. Uh, none of those words should be involved when you try to explain what Web3 is or if you work in the space, what you're trying to do. Um, none of that should be mentioned ever. All right, let's move along. We've got a few more left and then we're going to dive into Jump. But before we do that, we have some opportunities for the listeners um, Impact Digital Marketing, which is my uh, mine and Jay's agency, which works with some of the top crypto and Web3 uh, media platforms in the space. We're hiring and we're actually doing a lot of hiring. Um, we are hiring three positions. So we are looking for a content slash copywriter. So if you are a wordsmith, um, there is a, a job application, job description, and then an application inside uh, the show notes of this podcast. So if you're a wordsmith, we want you, we need you. And if you love Web3, that's a requirement. So make sure um, to go apply if you're one of them. A lead gen specialist. So this is an ads person. So if you are familiar and experienced with ads on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, YouTube, Google, everything, whatever else, wherever they run ads, um, we want you. Uh, again, we need you to be interested in Web3 and crypto. Um, so if you are that, please apply. We would love to have you. And finally... The most important piece of content on the internet today, video. We need a video editor. Uh, And so we're looking for someone to edit long form, short form, whatever. Uh, We need lots of uh, video being edited. So if that is you, um, again, the job description will be in in the show notes. And this is for Web3 Academy, but it's also for some of our clients, which again, are across the crypto Web3 space. So you need to be knowledgeable in Web3. Uh, or at least passionate and willing to learn, right? You don't have to know yep. it all, of course. Um, but as long as you're willing to learn, then um, then we're all in. We're fully remote, by the way. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can be anywhere in the world. Um, we're more than happy to bring on people from all over. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys will apply and thank you. Um, okay, so let's get into some other news here. We have Andrew Saunders, which um, is the former... Uh, what is he exactly? He worked at Amazon and he's the former head of the branding department, I believe. Head yeah, of global yeah. branding. Head of the global brand marketing at, effort and team. Yeah. At Amazon. He has now moved over uh, and leaving that role to be the first CMO of Arbitrum. So we talk about Arbitrum all the time, which is a layer two scaling solution built on top of Ethereum. Uh, they now have a CMO and that CMO is a good one. And he's coming all the way from the web two world over at Amazon. Um, so that is really cool. What I also found was really cool. I saw this tweet today is that he's also officially a member of jump. 
and so he says, jumpers tweeting, see you in the air. And he puts the parachute uh, emoji. Um, so that's cool. Like we said, anyone who's anyone uh, is inside of jump. Uh, anything you want to add to this, Jeff? Yeah, I, you know, I just get really excited about seeing transitions like this and seeing people that are in these prominent positions that are doing quite well for themselves, like Amazon's not going anywhere. Hmm. Amazon's going to be an incredible company for another 10 or 20 years. And then you have, or I mean, even longer, right? Like Amazon's just going to be a part of our lives for the the rest of our lives. Um, and to see leaders like this basically exit what are really great opportunities. It's easy to be like when you're in Web3 full time to be like, oh, wait, like, of course, like Web3 is the future. That's that's where it is. Hey, when you're inside of a top five market cap company and you're a leader, life is good and life hmm. can be cush. Um, so the fact that like he's leaving and going on this adventure, it definitely says a lot about like the type of personality. It's someone that really wants an adventure and wants to be challenged in ways that like Amazon just quite frankly, will will never be able to, 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 to really challenge you. Um, so I'm really excited about this. You know, one of the things that always got me excited about web three and what's going on is I was always like, when the internet was getting going, I was middle school and high school. I, I really had no idea like what was really happening and didn't understand business at all. Well, when I finally get into my professional career, I'm super like jealous of this crazy innovative time that happened. And even though I was a part of the rise of social and mobile, that was not as impactful and mind blowing and changing as the internet era was. Mm -hmm. And so the web three era though is, in fact, I think it's almost more mind blowing and hard to wrap your head around than, uh, than, than the internet or at least on par. Right. And they're the same. And so when you see like this, like CMO of Arbitron, right. Arbitron's powering Reddit's community points, uh, like system. So Arbitron's going to be probably a player in the space for a really long time. Um, and a household name from the, like the B2B layer, the behind the scenes layer, right? And, you know, the CMO of a Web3 blockchain, like this is like, you've never had this type of CMO before. If you kind of look at the eras of CMOs, you've got your, basically like your, your physical good CMOs, like the Mad Men era, right? Building all these like household names, Procter & Gamble, like that whole kind of era. Then you have the rise of the technology CMO, which is like IBM, Apple, Microsoft, all through like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that was a new type of CMO. Like, how do you market technology? That's weird. And then in the 90s, you have the internet CMO, like how do you market and brand this thing that has no physical element, right? That's just little pixels. Um, like what is what does that mean and how do you effectively do that? And now we have the Web3 CMO, which is a whole new beast. Um, and so, you know, Andrew here is charting new territory as building a brand for Arbitrom and what that means. And it's very similar to that like rise of like, sort of the, the tech CMO and the internet CMO. This is a whole new sort of ball of wax to, to tackle. It's funny that this is Arbitrum's first CMO. I'm pretty sure Arbitrum was like valued over 
in the billions at this point. I'm pretty sure. Crazy. Yeah. And they didn't have a CMO. <laughs> like only Web3, right? They didn't yep. even need it. But uh, yep. I love it. Um, and I mean, every week, I feel like we have an announcement of someone who's at, you know, a Fortune 500 company that's leaving and heading to some sort of Web3 company. Um, so it's, it's just great to see. Absolutely love it. Um, okay, our last take for uh, this episode before we dive into Jump is just something that is making its way around the uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, so any of the listeners that aren't on Twitter, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, uh, a picture of Vitalik came out um, with uh, a lovely lady. Uh, and um, I don't know where they are. They're at a conference, I believe, or something. But anyway, it's this picture of Vitalik. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but he's just standing there and he looks like he has just a massive heart on. <laughs> that's it. Like that's that's basically what this picture is, and it just made its way around Twitter. And the memes and it, that came out of this were hilarious. It's clearly photoshopped. If you're not, you know, if if you're just listening audio, like someone basically was like, "Oh, we're gonna have like a lot of fun. So fun. We're gonna photoshop this this like." photo of Vitalik and do something that's like <laughs> kind of like rather embarrassing and kind of like making fun of him but like Vitalik he's so good at running with this and responding to this and yeah now his tweet that we've got pulled up here his response to that photo of basically someone photoshopping you know a, a hard on uh, in in his pants he says I was thinking of the Ethereum merge right of what course. a legend what a legend. Like this is Elon Musk style, like social media, mm. PR, like, you know, Tim Cook could never do this or wouldn't, <laughs> right? The CEO of Microsoft, the CEO, like you got to be a certain type of brand and a certain type of person to pull this stuff off, but it's brilliant marketing. I just looked, this is a fake Vitalik account. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love Even it. better. No See, way. We, this. that's amazing. <laughs> that's why we were searching for on Vitalik so we could not get it. But um, anyway, just so funny. The memes going around crypto Twitter right now. We believe this all day because I saw this yesterday too. And I was like, no way. Good job, Vitalik. Damn, it's a pair. I mean, it even says parody in his name. It even says parody. And like, <laughs> yeah, we, we like totally just like, oh, that's Vitalik. Uh, so funny, but the amount of jokes of going long on ETH uh, as a result of this picture on Twitter were just so funny. It today. literally affected the price of ETH, which is just... Oh, it was right under. Brilliant. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, so that's a wrap of the news. We're going to keep the news bit a little bit short because I really want to jump into what is some of the best news, in my opinion. Uh, and this actually goes along with our NFT of the month. Um, and so for those who are watching, they can already see what this is going to be. Um, but for those who are listening, you might not know, but the NFT of the month is actually Jump. So Jump has just started releasing uh, NFTs. I think you're on batch two. The second. Meeting? Yep. Second yep. one. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to let, I'm going to let Jeff get into explaining kind of what they're doing here. Um, but I, all I want to say from kind of an outside point of view is, the way that Jump has managed this um, has been incredible to watch. They, I've been watching this for a while now and they've really just focused on building community before anything. Um, and the amount of effort that Jeff, he talks a lot about it on our original podcast we did months ago of just like no automation in this, in this community. It was full on like one-on-one -on -one calls every step of the way, just bringing on people who are in marketing and advertising, et cetera, 
just trying to get to know them, trying to understand what they want and just building a, a community around that, right? Uh, and a learning experience around that. And that has just formed into so many things. They have a newsletter. I believe you guys have podcasts. You guys have events. You guys have just so many things. Um, like I said, everywhere I go, there's people saying, oh yeah, I'm part of Jump, I'm part of Jump. It's become like a, a household brand in Web3. And, and they did all this without a token. They had a value list token for a while, but they were just playing around with it using tip features in the Discord and that. Um, and, uh, and finally, they were like, hey, let's make something of this. And this is basically now like a membership. Uh, and they're doing it via NFTs. Um, why don't you walk us through kind of um, your story here on this and sort of how you guys are launching this NFT? Because I think it's pretty incredible. Awesome. Yeah, I, 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 this is my favorite subject right here. Um, <laughs> live and breathe, like wake up thinking about jump and the community and what I can do for the community and all the conversations. Um, but so there's a high level strategy that we have um, that we've had from day one. I think everybody should have this should just be strategy number one. Communities launch tokens. Tokens don't launch communities. That's just been a line that has come from day one. So because of that sort of uh, starting point, we've always gone down the path of just build community first, right? And the thought of like, again, it kind of goes back to these, everything in Web3 are just tools, right? The NFT isn't the strategy. The NFT is just a tool. Um, and so if we, and we've had the existence of communities for a long time without NFTs, right? But crypto and web three gives those communities new superpowers. Um, mm. And I'm not saying like you couldn't launch a token first and then build community, totally possible. But our, Lord Ape did it. yeah, our approach was basically like, we're going to uh, build community first and then launch. And it also is just like, we're trying to learn together and we're trying to grow together. Um, and we're trying to teach by, by doing and experiencing. So, you know, we spent, spent the better part of a year and a half building community really gelled as a community and honestly didn't need a token to be a community. But when you have an NFT, you can do things that you can't do before. So going back to your tweet earlier about the decentralized social stack, there are things like if we don't have a community NFT or some sort of token that links us, I like to think of NFTs as a social graph, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're treated as art, sometimes a PFP, whatever. But in our case, the, the, the main thing is this NFT is a social graph. And in order for us to start to play more in a sophisticated way across the Web3 ecosystem and experiment, we need a token. So, so it is fundamental to like where, where we want to grow. Uh, but in order to launch it and build it, we've deployed a totally different strategy. So most strategies are, let's try to mint out in one day. One day and if it doesn't mint out, the project actually falls totally flat. And even some that do mint out fall fall flat, right? And when you look at 99% of NFTs, 99.9% .9 that were ever launched, they don't sell out on day one. So it's actually a really bad idea to try to go sell out of NFTs on day one because the odds are so stacked against you that you're actually going to do it. 
So what's better though, is to design sort of a way to roll out an NFT. So that's what we're doing and that's what we're pioneering. And I think as marketers and as brand builders, we are bringing a different flavor to how do you bring an NFT to life and a Web3 brand to life that is powered by all of this. And we're doing it through a series of what we're calling Mint Windows and onboarding. And so you're onboarding into Sky Club. And when you onboard into Sky Club, that means you're basically in the tokenized community within the Jump ecosystem. Because um, not everything within you know Jump is going to be tokenized or fully Web3, but the Sky Club certainly is. And so we seeded, we basically said, everybody who's been a part of the community before this date has a certain role in Discord. And keep in mind, one year ago, the Web3 space did not have the tools to execute this strategy. And so in a year from now, there's going to be a whole nother set of toolkits and ways to think about it, which is really awesome. But when we started on this journey, this toolkit did not exist. Um, so we're basically using a stack of Discord, um, uh, Prement, this uh, our DAO exchange invitation bot and the way our smart contract is constructed to execute this strategy. So it's not a one tool sort of can pull it all together. You kind of have to have this stack and then you have to have sort of the community buy-in and the participation um, and all that to, to, to really pull it off because without the community aspect, this strategy does not even exist. And so we basically seeded the Sky Club NFT uh, to our community who is already uh, in Jump, really you know, kept it pretty low key and only posted stuff about it in our Discord announcements channel. So you had to be paying attention to even see it. So we didn't have like, oh, we got to mint this crazy amount. It's more like, no, no, no. We actually are okay with small mint numbers. Uh, no especially. hype, no speculators. Like keep no it, hype. Keep no it the community is the ones that are holding the NFT. I love that. That's actually, I'm glad you brought up the no hype and, the spe and no speculation because we designed the whole strategy to actually make it so that if you want to speculate on the NFT, you're going to look at this and go, absolutely not. Like if you're mm -hmm. a trader or anything like that, you're going to say, hell no. Does that mean that this NFT can't uh, accrue value and that the part, because that's a big thing about uh, community sort of uh, Web3 and community is that like value flows to those who create the value, right? And so, you know, the, the long-term strategy is that, hey, this NFT means something. There is a limited supply. We've built in uh, the ability to increase uh, in in at the end of three years, we can increase annually. Um, but overall, there is still a pretty, uh, like a scarcity aspect to uh, the Sky Club token. Cause when you think about how many marketers there are in the world, 10 million easy, they're gonna be obsessed with this stuff. There's, there's gonna be less than 20,000 NFTs for like the foreseeable like next decade. Uh, but right. when you think about the power of like a 10 to 20,000 person network, that's really a community that's global, man, we can get some stuff done. So that's the launch Sky Club NFT. We're rolling it out through a series of mint windows. And as, as members mint, they are able to invite a friend 
to the next mint window. So the NFT holdership base mm-hmm. is 90% of NFTs are dictated by, of who holds it is dictated by the community, right? Um, and that, like that's that. how that's how we'll grow. I don't know how many mint windows it will take to, to mint out the full supply, but it's very interesting that of the people who minted in the first mint window, no one listed for sale on secondary. So that's a hundred. That's a great metric. That is an incredible metric to look at. I love that. Well, one person listed for sale, but it was 300 ETH. So that doesn't like really count. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it just kind of, it shows that like the community values what this means. It values the mission. It's bought in for the long-term um and what is the sky club can you give a breakdown of, or do we know what that's going to be yet or is it more like hey we're going to all join this together and then we're going to build out whatever the sky club actually means yeah it's it's more the latter of that okay so when you kind of think about like basically the brand ecosystem that is parachute jump and now sky club think of those as different brands that play right. different roles and they're actually on a spectrum of decentralization with parachute being the most centralized aspect, it's where taxes are paid and healthcare is held. <laughs> and in- insurance, when we rent a venue, is held like by that entity, right? Very centralized, but serves a different purpose. Jump, much more of a decentralized community, but then it has aspects to it that are more centralized, like the email, like. I write that email, I curate it, or or I produce it, right? But it's curated by the entire community. So you have this, like, basically this, like, centralized team that produces the website, creates the website, you know, sends out content, kind of does this stuff. But then the community is very just decentralized, very decentralized community. And now when you introduce this token at Sky Club and you have a group of token holders, when people start to really wrap your head around what you can do, uh, how you can build off of a community, off of a tokenized community that's like actually a community, like I think people are going to like members of the community and those outside of the community are once they once we all really understand what you can do, you're going to go, oh, look, there's this massive worldwide network of really smart marketing and advertising people that span traditional brands, mega agencies, web three startups, they all hold this token. So I can see all of them on the blockchain. Mm. How do you go and engage and build around that? And that's where like, if you truly have a community and a, and it's tokenized, that's where like, you get more of your true DAO-like behavior that's truly decentralized and truly autonomous. Mm. Um, And so that's the Sky Club ecosystem is largely going to be built by the members. With that said, Parachute, right? Like I'm going to spend so much time thinking about how do I build in and around this Sky Club holder group? But the reality is anybody can build in and around right. it, right? right? Whether you hold the token or not, you can build in and around it and you can interact with it. And so Parachute and Jump are going to work with Sky Club and Sky Club holders 
but anyone that holds the token or doesn't can build in and around it as well. So like how that ecosystem is actually going to play out will depend on the ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. But I will hopefully be, you know, a, a participant in it a as well. A big contributor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. I love it. It's just a big talent pool of big brains that are marketers, advertisers, et cetera, that are all linked together via some yep. social, via social token, right? Yeah. Uh, and the power of that is just massive. I have a question for you. We use the word community all the time. And everyone's like, I'm building a community in Web3. I'm building a community in Web3. What does that actually mean? Do you have a definition of community? And like, what does that really look like when you're building a community? Like one, what does it mean? And like, what is the result of that? Like, how do you know you're like, oh, I have a good community. Like, what is that? Can you, can you just tell me the, uh, walk me through that a little bit? And we're, we're sort of short for time. So like, this probably needs to be its own interview at some point. I think we're gonna have to get you on to do an actual full podcast. Uh, but give me the Coles notes on that if you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a that's a big question. I look at it as a community as a group of shared values and shared mission. And mm -hmm. when you have those two things, you you have a community. Um, and you know, we are a part of a lot of communities. I'm a part of obviously the junk community, but you and I are both a part of the web three community at large. We're probably mm -hmm. both like we like Ethereum a lot. So we're both a part of the Ethereum community. And so like when you start to think of those like kind of layers and then there's all other types of communities. I was a part of the denim community. I was a part of the skydiving community. I'm a part of the agency and marketing world at large. You and I are both in the marketing community at large. And then we have all of these pockets. So like tactically trying to describe community is tough and that's why i take it up to like shared mission shared values shared beliefs shared interests and when you start to share those things you have a community and then what happens when those people come together they make stuff they do stuff and right you don't really know what they're going to make or do um so if you can bring that shared mission values and purpose and all of that together, you have community. And then when you truly have community, interesting things start to happen. Mm, I love it. We have the same thing is, is with this podcast. I mean, we started, we had a discord and we just started saying, Hey, everyone come in the discord. We'll figure out what to do with it and just join in and let's, let's start playing around with building community. And, uh, and all of a sudden we just have all these people from around the world that are communicating and chatting every day. And, we're doing all these events and bringing all these people. And it's just like, it is pretty amazing to see it kind of all unfold and come together. The community launched a token. And so now we're forming this DAO. And, wow. um, and it's just like, it's this whole, just like you said, it's not us who did it. It's just sort of like a shared mission, shared ideas. Everyone's having fun together. And it's like, let's just build some things together. Let's experiment together. Um, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, Okay, so let's wrap up here a little bit. Jeff, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for filling in for Jay, joining us here and sharing your insights on the uh, on the hot news of the last week. Um, before we close out, why don't you just give us a quick little, like if anyone wants to get involved in Jump, because we do have some marketers and advertisers and stuff as well that are listening to Web3 Academy. How do they get in? Can they get a Sky Club NFT? Where do they join Jump? Um, yep. what, what can they do here? 
So there, there's a couple layers of, of participation and ways to engage. If you want to just sort of be in and around, keep up to date, jumpcommunity.xyz is when you go there and you basically create an account on the website, you unlock the newsfeed. So basically you're going to get a curated list of all the best stuff being shared and talked about in Jump. And then you'll also get the latest Jump news. And so that's a that's a great way to just sort of keep up to date and uh, participate. If you want to go deeper, once you create an account, there's a Sky Club page. Click on that Sky Club page, read the first paragraph, and there's an application to join one of the next Mint windows. And so if you don't know a friend um, who can invite you in, right, if you don't know a current Sky Club holder that can invite you in, apply there um, and current Sky Club holders uh, ha will have the option to uh, basically invite you, right? And, you know, this is really one way to think about the, the building of uh, Jump is it's not too, it, it, in a way, it's kind of like building a company, right? Like if you're building a company, you don't just let everybody who wants to be a part of Apple just walk into Apple and set up a computer and start like hanging out and, <laughs> and working like you just don't do that. And so like the jump community and Sky Club holders right now is somewhere in between this like more permissionless like member owned and controlled and like this kind of this kind of company versus like this just like free for all of like here's an nft and whoever wants to like access it can access it so we do have those basically invitation through a friend or an application process and when you feel that's how you build good community though right like is by cultivating the right people who it like is. you said share the same mission share the same values things like that if you just throw it out to everyone that's in, I don't know, at some concert, there's 20,000 people. Not everyone wants to be in the same community together. You know, exactly. it's got to be the right people. And, and so it's a good vibe that way. Yep. Yep. So that that's it. That That's 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 the gist. Here's the alpha. I'm minting on this second round because I just didn't Ooh. do it in time for the first one. And so that means I'm going to have one friend that I can invite. Uh, so and feel free hey, to we, DM me. We, we might we have the option to increase from one invite to two invites. We did one Ooh. invite for this first round because we wanted to make sure the toolkit worked properly. Yeah. And we've ironed out all the issues, which we did have some issues to start. Possibility we might increase it to two next time. All right. Well, hopefully I have two friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Listeners, we're going to wrap up here, but listeners, if you can do me a quick favor, go click follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Turns out that the algorithms for Apple Podcasts and Spotify, all they care about is if you follow or you subscribe. That's the thing that matters the most. So go do that. Uh, if you're already subscribed or following on Spotify, go do it on Apple Podcasts too. Do it on YouTube too, if you'd like, whatever. Uh, that would just be amazing for us. Uh, Web3 Academy community who's listening, big shout out to Jeff Kaufman for joining us. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter too at Jeff Kaufman, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N, Junior, J-R, sorry, not actually Junior, just J-R. Uh, the link will be in the show notes anyway. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's always tweeting the best stuff going on in Web3. Uh, and as you can tell from this episode, he's a bright, bright mind and he's 
I don't know. Do you think about anything other than Web3 and marketing? I feel like this can be all you think about. Maybe denim every once in a while. Yeah, I am looking <laughs> for my next pair of jeans. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that, that's pretty much all, all, all I think about that and my dog and my yeah, fiance. You, I was um, going to say, you have I to say just, I just smashed the subscribe button. My man. Um, there so we we're in. We're in. Amazing. All right. Thank you, listeners, and everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.